Lord Jesus, you search tirelessly for the lost. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you came into the world to save sinners. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you revealed the infinite compassion of God. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to In the following passage from the book of Exodus, we hear that God relented in the punishment he had threatened to inflict on his people. A reading from the book of Exodus. The Lord said to Moses, Go down at once, your people, whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are our gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone so that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and of you I will make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord, his God, and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn out hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Remember Abraham, Isaac and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have promised I will give to your descendants, and they shall inherit the land forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he had planned to bring on his people. The word of the Lord. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Beloved, I am grateful to Christ, our Lord, who has strengthened me, because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But for that reason I have received mercy so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever 
and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance. Or what woman having ten coins and losing one would not light a lamp and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it? Then when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin that I have lost. In just the same way I tell you, there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. Good morning. Not a word about football, I promise. <laughs> I kind of messed up uh, Father Charlie's thoughts for today. I think if he was here, he was going to preach on the prodigal son. I'm not. And if you look at all the doors, you know, I, I saw a couple come in today and they actually read the things that were on the doors. Huh? Of course, it was about pancake breakfast, but <laughs> it was something. <laughs> they know who they are. But there's a lot on the doors about, uh, you know, finding the way home about the prodigal son. Well, I'm not going to preach on that. I'm sorry. We didn't even read that part of the gospel. But we are, I am going to preach about something that was lost. Now, I think all of us, when we read a narrative, whether it's fiction or biography, anything, we always try to identify with a character in what we're reading. We take the role of someone in the murder mystery or in the drama, and we try to emulate or feel what that person is feeling. Well, today, I'm going to ask you a question. You heard the readings of the gospel, and they're very simple, right, about sheep that was lost. Ninety-nine weren't lost. One was lost, and the shepherd went out to find that sheep. And a woman who had ten coins lost one, and she couldn't rest until she found that other coin. And then came back and spent probably more than the coin was worth celebrating with her friends. Now, who do you identify with in those narratives, in, that par in those parables? Do you identify with the lost thing, with the coin, or with the sheep that's lost? Or do you identify with the one who is searching for the coin, searching for the sheep? 
Think about that. Well, maybe you didn't identify with anybody. I don't know. <laughs> but all those that, when they heard it, identified more with the lost sheep. Raise your hand. Okay, there's a few people listened. And how many identified with the lost coin? And how many identified with the one searching? Good, because that's what I'm going to preach about. <laughs> and I'm going to start off by telling a story about a, a friend of mine who I knew in a place called Gambela in, in Sudan, or in Ethiopia, near the Sudan border. His name was Ramsey Chwol. He was born in South Sudan, a place called Nasser, but lived most of his life in Ethiopia in a section where some knew where were. And he, he was an educated man. He was a scientist, and he worked for the health service for the region. He was in charge of malaria control, and malaria was a very endemic disease in that area. And it was falciparum, one of the more virulent types of malaria parasite. And I got to know him because he uh, spoke English very well, and, and that helped me. And also, he was able to help with translation of some of our liturgical texts into New Era language from English. He wasn't a Catholic. He belonged to a Presbyterian Bethel Church, which had joined with other Protestant denominations, and they called themselves Makana Jesus. And his wife was kind of a deacon in that church. But we got to know each other pretty well, and he loved to do the translation, and he knew a lot about Catholic and what we believe, and, and he always was open to learning. And one day, and he often invited me to his place for a meal, and we always ate outside in the courtyard, outside of the house he had, which was mud with a tin roof, because he had a lot of relatives that he had, had to support besides himself and his wife and children. He, uh, he would invite me, and we'd sit in the courtyard, and there in the courtyard were his cattle. He had a number of cows, which he could call each by name, and he had sheep and goats. And we would sit outside and eat and look at these, look at the cattle. We were facing the cattle, just like I imagine we all do when we're alone or even when we're with family. When we're eating, we watch what? We watch television, huh? So I used to tell him, this is New Air television, watching cattle. <laughs> and then one day, he, he saw me on the street, and he says, you got to come for supper tonight. And I said, okay, yeah, as long as I don't have to cook, I'll come, you know. <laughs> and I came, and they had killed a chicken, and uh, they had some very nice food, nice vegetables and all. And we sat outside, and I said, well, what's the occasion, Ramsey? I said, are you getting married again? Because his wife was putting pressure on him to get another wife because she was getting tired of uh, doing all the work. She had arthritis, and that was the, the main reason. And he says, you know, my son was out with the goats and the sheep, and he came back in the evening, dusk, and one of the goats was missing. And so I went out with my son to where he had thought the, the, the goat got lost, and we searched for that goat all night. I came back, went to work. He went to continue searching for the goat, missed school. And when I came back from work, 
I went out again, and it was pouring rain, he said. It was like a monsoon rain, and I, I continued to search for that goat all night. And then the next day, I, it was a Saturday, I didn't have work. I took the whole day with my son looking for that goat. And on Sunday morning, I was able to bring that goat home. I got it before the animals, wild animals, ate it, and before a neighbor could have eaten it as well, you know. And he was so happy about that, that's why he invited me for this meal. And I said, well, Ramsey, that's amazing, and congratulations on finding it. And the next couple of weeks, about three weeks later, he went with me to a village where I preach in English, and he was able to translate it in Nuer for the people. It was a new church we just built, and it was Good Shepherd Sunday. And he was preaching, and I told the story about this, this man who lost a goat, and he was out, and he searched for it, and he never gave up until he found the goat. And he was just so happy about it, just like, just like the good shepherd would never just leave that one sheep that was lost. He would always go looking for it, even though he had 99 others. Or the woman who had ten co- nine other coins, but she had to find that tenth. And then finally, at the end of the homily, I said, and I want to introduce to you that person, that good shepherd. His name is Ramsey Chwole. And of course, the church broke out in applause, you know, because they understood the importance of cattle. Now, I wanted to bring that up because how engaged and how intensely Ramsey looked for that goat. There was no obstacle that was going to prevent him from looking for that goat. And as I sat in his courtyard, I saw he had plenty of goats, plenty of sheep, lots of cattle. And he also had another plot somewhere where he did have other cattle and other sheep and other goats. But he had to get that goat. The intensity of his search, his stick-to-itiveness. And I think all of us in our lives, we could point out things, recognize things in our own lives that we have missing, that there's something missing that we need to to find in order to feel complete, in order to live life and live it to its abundance, as John's Gospel asks us, that Jesus came to give life but give it abundantly. And we have to identify those things. We have to try and find out what it is that we're lacking in our lives, And with that same intensity to look for it and try and bring it into our lives. Now, what are those things? How do we identify them? It's pretty easy. You listen to the Gospels. You read the Gospels. You follow the life of Christ. You hear what he says. And then we know what it is that we, a lot of times, are lacking. It could be compassion. The compassion Jesus shows to those who are ill and need healing. It could be as the Beatitudes tell us, mercy, that we're not merciful enough, that we should show more mercy rather than blame and criticism, that we need to search for justice. Blessed are those who search for justice. Blessed are the peacemakers, that we need to be engaged. If we're not engaged, there's something missing. There's something not complete about us. I think we can name a lot of things in our world today that we could be engaged in that would make us more complete because it involves something that we could offer to others, a selflessness, 
which of course is what Christ in his life and in his death showed us that we may be lacking and that is selflessness of looking to do things without getting anything back of searching for that key to our life that makes us into full human beings according to the scriptures now there's a poem i how many are english majors here any english majors english lit Come on. Yeah, okay. Have you ever heard of the poem, and maybe others have heard of it, called The Hound of Heaven? No? Nobody heard of The Hound of Heaven? It's written by a fellow named Francis Thompson. I'm going to close my homily with just reading the first stanza. It's a homily about God. It's a homily, or not a homily, but a poem about God and God's intense need to be with us and to find us no matter how much we try to hide. And so I'll read this and it'll close the homily. It starts out. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinthian ways of my own mind. And in the midst of tears, I hid from him and under running laughter. Of visited hopes I sped and shot precipitated, adown titanic glooms of chasm fears from those strong feet that followed and followed after. But with unhurrying chase and unperturbed pace, deliberate speed, majestic instancy, they beat, and a voice beat more instant than the feet. All things betray thee, who betrayest me. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's service. For more information about our church, including upcoming events, please visit us online at goodshepherd-sc.org.